Section 12 of The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870, by Various. Introduction of Unimpregnated Queens, followed by Introducing Queens. That the introduction of unfecundated queens should be so often spoken of, and that too by some of our experienced beekeepers, as a matter of much difficulty, is a question to me almost incomprehensible. In the hands of the inexperienced, or of those ignorant of the first principles of success, a few failures ought not to be wondered at. But for those having a knowledge of the prerequisites for the acceptance of a stranger queen by a colony of bees, to talk of the safe introduction of unimpregnated queens as an act of uncertainty, induces me to believe that they have either not experimented at all on this part of practical bee culture, or else did so to little profit. If it be true, as has been asserted time and again in the Bee Journal, that the only means the bees have of recognizing strangers is by the sense of smell, it stands to reason that, if a stranger queen bee can find in a hive long enough to acquire the scent of the hive, the bees will immediately accept her as their own, especially if they have no young queens in process of rearing. Acting upon this principle the past summer, I confined my young queens in small wire cages, and inserted them as near as I could in the center of the hive, at the same time taking the precaution to provide them with food during their confinement. The result was that out of a goodly number of unimpregnated queens, introduced in swarming time, not one was lost. We have also succeeded admirably in introducing them by scenting both queen and bees with some liquid having a peculiar scent. By either method, we regard the safe introduction of a queen bee, whether fertile or not, as a matter of certainty, where the queens themselves are kept from starving by proper feeding. We permitted natural swarming to some extent this summer, in order to get hardy and prolific queens. As we will break up a number of after-swarms this fall, which were unfortunate in coming late, we shall be able to furnish some who prefer tested queens to all others with a number of finely colored queens raised in natural swarms, cheap, for cash. J. L. McLean, Richmond, Jefferson County, Ohio. Introducing Queens As an introducer of queens, I have not been always successful. In several cases, after two or three days caging, the queen has been accepted all right, and within twenty-four hours rejected. I watched one of these cases, in which the queen, when liberated from the cage, was caressed by the bees, until by and by one of a different mind and of a different body, too, for I have noticed the first to attack a queen or the small-bodied fellows, assailed her, and very shortly was joined by others until a mass imprisoned her. With Mrs. Tupper's favorite method, I have sometimes succeeded and sometimes failed, but then the fault may have been all my own. I have half-drowned bees, queen and all, with diluted honey strongly scented with peppermint, and had the pleasure of seeing the drunken fools fondle her as if they had always known her, and then some one of the number, not fully saturated, would attack her. Latterly, 
I have taken a different plan, and one which, according to all the authorities, ought uniformly to fail, but which so far has uniformly succeeded here. It is simply this. Wait until the bees have started queen cells. Then, without any preparation whatever, put any queen, fertile or unfertile, directly on the comb, among the bees. That is all. It may be that I shall fail the very next time, but, until I do fail, I shall continue to practice this plan. I give it to the journal in hopes that someone else, having a queen or queens of no value, will give it a trial. I have not tried it long enough to consider it a settled thing, but shall report to the journal the first case of failure. Let me relate a case of success. August 1st I put into an empty hive, number 15, one frame containing some honey and a very few cells of sealed brood. I put into this hive a young queen that had just commenced laying, and set the hive in place of one containing a strong colony. Of course, the empty hive received all the flying force of the strong colony. On the next day, they had destroyed the queen. I then took a queen two or three years old, covered her with honey completely, and dropped her on the frames. She was received all right. Next day, August 3rd, I killed this queen and introduced a young one in exactly the same manner. She was promptly imprisoned, and I released and caged her. August 5th, this queen, having been caged two days, is still refused. August 6th, she is caressed by some of the bees, but others imprison her. I then gave her to a full colony, number one, which was queenless and had queen cells started, some of which were sealed. Placing her directly on the comb, without caging, she was kindly received and soon commenced laying. I then took from number one the frame with queen cells and gave it to number 13. Three days later, August 9th, I gave to number 15 an unfertile queen three days old, placing her directly on the comb. On the same day, I gave another full colony, having queen cells only a day or two old, an unfertile queen three days old. Being out of the state, I did not see them again till August 22nd, when I found both queens laying. C.C. Miller, Marengo, Illinois, August 30th, 1870. The smell of their own poison produces a very irritating effect upon bees. A small portion offered to them on a stick will excite their anger. After a swarm of bees is once lodged in their new hive, they ought by all means be allowed to carry on their operations for some time without interruption. End of section 12.